Um, another thing that I'm excited about is the opportunity that you and I have to share an invitation with our friends, with our family. Um, I think the statistics, I don't know if it's 70 or 80%, I'm trying to remember which number it was, but it's a high percentage of people that get invited to church will actually say yes. So we have such an amazing opportunity to invite our friends and family into this next season. So I encourage you, don't wait till Christmas Eve. Like, invite them now. Invite them tomorrow. Invite them after lunch today. I don't know. Just invite people because one invitation can make a whole world of difference. All right. Well, I want to share this story with you of a dear pastor who fought off a burglar with the most unusual weapon. She shares that while on assignment on a missionary field in the third world country, she found herself at home with only her kiddos. Her husband had things to do outside of the home, so he was out in the mission field, and she was there, and she was in the middle of ironing some clothes when she realizes that someone is breaking into her home. So she says, while she's doing that, she grabs the iron, holds it up to the burglars, and she just starts speaking in her spiritual language. And the burglars put their hands up, and they just exit the home. Like, that is a crazy story. And I, I'm like, hmm, maybe this burglar, like me, has a strong dislike for ironing. So he was like, uh-uh, no, I ain't doing this, not today, not here for it, bye, you know, I don't know if that did it. No, we, we, we know what did it, but you, you might be thinking, like, an iron would not be my weapon of choice, right? I know, mine either. But when she shared this story with me, I thought, that is wild, what, who does that? Like, who does that? However, her victory was not in the iron, but in her confession. It's the speaking uh, that spiritual language. And perhaps some of you are wondering, what is a spiritual language? It's the ability to speak an unknown language. It's a tool, a gift that we are given by the Spirit of God to help us and others in moments in life would we have a need for them. And so the point in me sharing that story is not to talk about spiritual gifts, but pointing to the reality that for a Christ follower, there is a very real spiritual battle going on. And even if you don't consider yourself a Christ follower, there is still a battle for your soul. And there's a battle between good versus evil. And in the letter to the Ephesian, Paul writes, our battle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers and authorities of the unseen world. The late Eugene Peterson in the message says it this way. He says, so take everything the master has set out for you well-made weapons of the best materials and put them to use so that you will be able to stand up to everything the devil throws your way. 
This is no weakened war that we'll walk away from and forget about it in a couple hours. This is four keeps, a life or death, fight to the finish against the devil and all his angels. Be prepared. You're up against far more than you can handle on your own. Take all the help you can get, every weapon God has issued, so that when it's all over, you'll still be on your feet. See, the reality is that there is a spiritual realm that sometimes we are not aware of. And C.S. Lewis, a prolific writer and scholar that I quote way too often, um, in his book, The Screwtape Letters, gives us an insight into some of the strategies that the devil uses against Christians. This book is a novel, and um, it's about the correspondence between two devils or two demons trying to tempt a human soul away from God. So I want to share a quote from that book. So yes, I am quoting a demon this morning. No, I'm kidding. It's, it's C.S. Lewis. It's C.S. Lewis using his imagination. Okay, don't, don't uh, be like, what in the world? I'm sending an email right now. No, just, it's C.S. Lewis, guys. Chill, chill. But it says this. It says, whatever their bodies do affects their souls. It is funny how mortals always picture us as putting things into their minds in reality our best work is done by keeping things out. So could it be that the attitude the enemy wants to keep out of your mind and my mind is gratitude? That the way of thinking that is supposed to be thanksgiving has far too often been obstructed by complaint and entitlement. Now, I'm not saying that everything that happens to you is the devil coming after you, okay? A lot of times, we are the ones that made the bad choice, okay? I cannot be like, oh, my stomach hurts, the devil. No, no. I made the choice to eat too much pizza. That is on me, okay? That was my choice. Can't blame the devil for that one. This week, oh my, I laugh. I laugh so hard that I had tears streaming down my face, watching a reel. And so there is a worship leader, right? And she's like pouring all her heart and she's leading worship and she's singing beautiful voice and she's singing, singing. And in all her excitement and she's moving, she doesn't realize how close she is to the edge of the stage, right? So she's going and she's going and she falls off to the floor, now I think it's hilarious the way it happens. I know we shouldn't laugh at people falling because, you know, my mom said it wasn't nice. But it was really funny. And, and I just, what was really funny is that she's on the floor and she keeps singing. I was like, I would have lost it. The key would have left me. Like, it would have like worked. But she kept on singing, right? And then she gets up and when she gets up, she says, the enemy wanted to win. And I was like, no, 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 don't blame the enemy for that. That was your lack of coordination, you know, like you didn't see the stage, okay? We cannot blame the enemy for you falling off the stage. Sis, that was all on you. Um, so, so we got to understand that 
there are some things that we want to blame the enemy for, but it's not, it's not him. It's us, right? So what, my, what I'm trying to say is I'm not trying to over-spiritualize your life. That is not what I want um, because that is not the goal. What I do want you to know is that gratitude is a powerful spiritual weapon that you need to be using. And see, there are going to be moments, or maybe you're going through one right now, where fear will be so palpable that you feel terrified. There is a story in the Bible about this royal, and he, his name is Jehoshaphat, and he, he gets some pretty dreadful news. He is fulfilling his duty as the king of the nation of Judah. And when he finds out that there are three nations coming against him, like anybody would, he is terrified. And see, the narrative says that when this happened and he felt the fear, that he sought the Lord. And he says that he invited everyone to do the same. And they invited him, they invi he invited the people to pray and to abstain from eating what we would say fasting. And in 2 Chronicles 20, 12, this is where we pick up the story after they've done that. And he says, oh, our God, won't you stop them? We are powerless against this mighty army that is about to attack us. We do not know what to do, but we are looking to you for help. Another translation says, we don't know what to do, but our eyes are set on you. And so this king makes this confession, and I really like this verse because there is no denying or ignoring the facts of the situation. And I think sometimes... What we do is we ignore the facts or we deny that there is even a problem. And that is not what we're called to do. That is not faith to deny or ignore the circumstances. But it's to realize, to say, okay, these are the facts. And guess who I'm going to talk to them about it? I'm going to talk to God. But the facts of the situation, I'm going to bring them up to God. So he, I love that he states the fact. He is honest about what's going on. And he recognizes his position. And he declares, I don't know what to do. So my eyes are set on you. And I know that there are going to be many times in our lives when, like, what do you do when you don't know what to do? And I love that this verse says, hey, Look to God for help. That's what you can do. And see, <clears throat> this week, I was having a conversation with a young man. And he said to me, what do you do when it's been hard for a long time? And by his countenance, I could tell that there was a wrestling going on in his heart. There was a wrestling going on in his mind. So, you know, I just stood in silence with him. And I said, man, that is a really hard place to be. And I said, I want you to know that in your hard season, you are not alone. 
He's not a believer. He's not a Christ follower. But I just, I get to be part of his life. And I get to share this truth that he is not alone. And can I get the water? I'm sorry. Thank you. Excuse me. And so in those moments, you know, we got to know that we can look to God. And, and this is what King Jehoshaphat did. And after praying and hearing and believing God, the story says that this royal comes up with a battle plan. He says, okay, I got it. This is what we're going to do. And in verse 12, he says that the king appointed singers to walk ahead of the army, singing to the Lord and praising him for his holy splendor. And this is what they sang. Give thanks to the Lord. His faithful love endures forever. The Hebrew word for thanksgiving is yada, also translated to mean praise, confess, or acknowledge. See, thanksgiving and praise go hand in hand. It is, it's interchangeable, and we can use it, and we should use it in our life. And I love that gratitude invites us to the presence of God. Because that's what happens when we began, when we began to praise God, it says that he inhabits the praises of his people. He shows up. His presence is there. So gratitude invites us to the presence of God. See, and in the midst of, of this crisis, this nation sings the opening line to Psalm 136. And we are going to read it, and it's up on the screen, but... The psalm says, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His faithful love endures forever. Then it says again in verse 2, give thanks to God, to the God of gods. His faithful love endures forever. Give thanks to the Lord of lords. His faithful love endures forever. Then it goes on again to verse 4, give thanks to him who alone does a mighty miracles his faithful love endures forever and i could continue reading verse after verse it's pretty repetitive and it's really awesome you can totally read it there you go homework for the week psalm 136 leading up to thanksgiving you are welcome um but <laughs> what it is it is an intentional focus on god and his strength and so that is what we get to do when we give thanksgiving. We get to intentionally focus on God. And see, and it's not just what he has done, but who he is. He is a God whose love never quits on you. I want you to remember that. Because that is the first thing we are tempted to believe when life gets really hard. That he's going to quit on loving us. That he must not care. Where is God when hard things happen? Right? So we are tempted to believe. But the reality is in this psalm that it says time and time again his faithful love endures forever. It it's meaning, it's saying he will not quit on loving you. No matter what, he loves you. 
He loves me. He's not going to quit on you. And so, friends, in your hard times, you are not alone. And you can give God thanks for who he is. Thanksgiving and praise reminds us that we are never alone. And in verse 22 of the same chapter, it says that at the very moment that they began to sing and give praise, the Lord caused the armies to start fighting amongst themselves. I love it that it was at that very moment. See how powerful gratitude can be? The confession of your mouth using this weapon of thanksgiving. God will make whatever's coming against you just take care of itself. So the thing that I, that I see in the story is that before they get the victory, they give thanks. And to me, this battle plan, like if I was there in the army and like, you know, I have a choice, the guy with the sword and the guy with the voice, I'm like, I'm going to go with the guy with the sword. But this king said, no, we are going to lead with thanksgiving. We are going to lead with these skilled people that are singing. And I'm not saying you can't sing if you're not skilled. You can't. God gave you a vocal cord. You could totally sing. Maybe not with a mic, but you could totally sing. <laughs> but what I see is that gratitude is a path to victory. Gratitude is a path to victory. See, and we see it in Jesus. Jesus it says that he was sitting with his disciples and he broke the bread with them. And see, the Greek word for thanksgiving is eucharisteo. And it's not only a remembrance of Christ's sacrifice, but an act of thanksgiving. So when Jesus was breaking the bread and telling his disciples to do the same, he was giving thanks. And he knew that the hard he was about to go into. But he gave thanks in that moment. The cross was coming. And Jesus said, thank you, God, that I get to be this offering. And then in verse 26, it says that on the fourth day, they gather in the valley of blessing, which got its name that day because the people praised and thanked the Lord there. And this is just reminding me that sometimes in th there are seasons we walk into, moments, places we walk into, and we think this is going to be a place of defeat. This is going to be a place that is going to be hard. But you know, instead of remembering it as a place of defeat and a hard, what do they remember it as? They remember it as a place of blessing. This is where the Lord showed up when I gave thanks. And you and I have the ability to do the same. Those places, those moments, we can give thanks and see God turn it into a blessing. And I want to ask you this question. What would it feel like if all you had left today were the things you thank God for yesterday? How would your thanksgiving change? 
I want to invite the band to come up. And as the band comes up, I want you to know that the battle becomes an opportunity for you to give thanks. That the hard moments in life is an opportunity for you to hold on to gratitude and confess it. That is your weapon. That is how you can fight. That is how you can go into it. By saying, thank you, God. And when the first hint of fear and anxiety come into your mind, thank God. Give praise. It's one of the reasons why I love that song that says, so I lift up my hands and I praise you again and again. And so we get invited, we are being invited to do that this week, to give thanks in everything, not for everything. The verse says, in everything, to thank God. And if I thank God in all things, then I am trusting God in all things. See, I'm not saying that you should thank God for debt, if that's where you find yourself but to thank him that he is the one that supplies for all your needs according to his riches and glory. It's thanking him for who he is in the midst of what we're facing. So what I wanna do today is I wanna end service by giving you an opportunity to respond with giving thanks. We're gonna sing a couple of songs that we already uh, sang, we're gonna repeat them. But I wanna give you an opportunity. Would you make this your response this week, today, right now? Whether you're here in person or joining us online, to give thanks to God.